gaze at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Ed here, and I got a special guest with me. It's Jay in the Bay. How's it going, Jay? Faithful Niner Empire. What's good? You know who it is. It's your boy, Jay in the Bay. Man, it has been a minute since I have been on the 49ers Cutback, man. Appreciate you allowing me the opportunity to come on your show tonight. That uh, 49ers Cutback intro never gets old. Uh, definitely one of the best 49er intros out there in YouTube land. And congrats in order to you, man. You reached 5,000 subscribers. Uh, that's a huge milestone, man. A lot of hard work, and uh, you deserve it, man. I, I appreciate that. And you're right. It has been a while. And uh, it's good to talk to you. I, I know you haven't had as big a schedule as you used to have in the past. Uh, things change, family things come up, and everybody yeah. kind of does their thing. And it's it's been a grind. Lots of things have changed since me and you first had conversations way back. I mean, you were yeah. you were around the channel way back when we first started, and things are different. And uh, so yeah, it's always good when I get to have you on. I love your insight. There's actually been people, you probably don't see all the comments, but people ask about you all the time. <laughs> and it's because you have a very unique way to go about talking 49ers. And uh, I love always getting your opinion. So, yeah, I'm glad that you're on. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate the kind words. Huge shout out to everyone that's in the chat right now. Appreciate it. Yeah. And Tommy says I'm sounding a little rough. Am I sounding rough to you as well? Uh, is your mic on right now? It's supposed to be on. Let, okay, because I let me, let me check the mic. Yeah. Okay, because I can hear you clearly, but um, it doesn't sound like the mic is on right now. Okay, is that better? That's better. Yeah, yeah, way better. Yep. There we go. Much Tommy. So full disclosure, right before we went live, my my whole setup took a little kaput there. Uh, so. It connected me to the the camera instead of the the mic, so we're we're good. We should be good to go now. Yeah, we good. Yep, sounds much better. Cool. Uh, thank you, I appreciate that. So, uh, thanks to Tommy for you know hitting us with that, and we got Jose in the in the chat as well. It says Niner Pride for life. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you guys jump in the chat, go ahead and leave comments. We're gonna go through our our show, but uh, we'll highlight what you guys have to say. We always like to be interactive on the show. It's bet online time. It's playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partner, Bet Online, is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of Gatorade, Bet Online is your number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online today and get into all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. And I titled the show, Jay. Which 49ers will we get in the Super Bowl? Uh, because I think this is one of the interesting things. We've seen different sets of 49ers through the year. Uh, the first part of the season, gangbusters beating everybody up. Cowboys get obliterated. Then you have a stretch. It's like we lose, uh, come out of the bye. Here they are, gangbusters again, blasting everybody. And then now you get a situation where 
you, you've had a couple of shaky games, even though the 49ers come out on top. So I ask you, which 49ers are we getting? Are we getting the one that, the one that blew out the Cowboys, Jaguars, and Eagles? Or are we getting the 49ers that had to come from behind in the playoffs? Which one do you think we're going to get in the Super Bowl? Oh, man, that is the billion-dollar question. Uh, you, you mentioned the Jaguars. We were coming off of a bye week. Uh, I, I thought in that game we didn't come out necessarily firing, if I can remember correctly. I think we had a great second half that really shut down the Jags. What's good? What's good, Blue True? Appreciate you coming through and everyone else that's coming through in the chat. Appreciate it. Um, you talk about the Cowboys. Like, we always get up for the Cowboys game. Uh, and the Cowboys have gotten blown out by a few teams this year. So, you know, that's not really a, a huge shocker. But, uh, you know, what what team can we expect? Well, in the playoffs, we, we came out flat against Green Bay. Uh, but but we but we still had our, our foot on the pedal and we continued to play and, and we became victorious. Same thing happened against Detroit. Detroit had a lead up on us. Um, I'm not sure what to make of it. You could maybe say the Green Bay game. Uh, was it? Let's see. I'm trying to remember. Um, the Green Bay Detroit game. It was raining in the beginning. I believe Green that Bay. was the Green Bay, right? So I, you know, some of it you could say it was the weather. Um, I don't know if if anyone, you or anyone in the chat, that's throwing a football in the rain. Like it's <laughs> it's a pretty difficult thing to do, especially when your hand is wet, uh, and it's even more difficult to try to catch a ball. So, so you could say, hey, it's the weather in the in the Green Bay game. The Detroit game was really no excuse. Uh, I'm not sure why this team gets off to a slow start, but um, I don't think we can afford to do that against KC. I know their offense isn't how it was uh, uh, when we last played them, or I should say in the Super Bowl in 2020 when they had uh, Tyreek Hill. They had a younger Travis Kelsey. I think they had um, Sammy Watkins, I believe, was still on that squad. So, uh, you know, I think they're a much different squad now than they were before, but um, I think the 49ers need to get off to a great start, start off fast. I don't know, maybe no huddle offense. I know Shanahan, he only loves to run no huddle offense when Sam Darnold is under center for some reason. But, hey, why not go up tempo fast, surprise the Chiefs, do something they're not expecting, try to get points up on the board, you know, as fast as you can. I think that's something that uh, would surprise me, would surprise the Chiefs because we don't really have a no huddle offense. So, um, the Niners need to get off to a, 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 a fast start. I think they will against KC, um, and uh, that's what I'm expecting, uh, them to get off to a fast start. Yeah, I think that's what we saw early on in the season was the 49ers were great front runners. Uh, they would get it going. They scored on their first drive. Most of the time it was touchdowns, and then after that, they just would get a stop on defense. Next thing you know, the other team's down 14 points, and the 49ers are burying them with the run game being able to pin their ears back on defense. And that was a different type of game that they were playing. Now, I think the defense has proven and the offense has proven that they can come from behind, but that's not what you want to do when you're playing a team like Patrick Mahomes that has weapons and he still has Kelsey. Uh, he still has guys he can get to. Rasheed Rice has been a, a nice pickup for them. Uh, that was a great draft pick. But I think when you're looking at the Niners, you're looking at a team that really needs to get out fast in this game. And – if they get out fast, then that's when they can rely on the things and the advantages that they have against the Kansas City Chiefs, which is the run game. The 49ers' run, run game should be very successful against the Chiefs. Uh, they went against the second-best run defense last week of the Detroit Lions, still able to reel off over 100 yards. Of course, some of that Brock Purdy, but 
90 yards by Christian McCaffrey. When the 49ers rush for 75 yards or more, uh, they're 12 and one this season, as long as McCaffrey runs for 75 yards or more. So I see an opportunity for the 49ers here, but I think you're right. They need to get a fast start. They need to play from the front. I think that's when they'll have the most success. And Tommy had a question for us. He said, are you guys nervous? We lost, Jay, I lost your uh, audio. Did you, are you muted? There oh, you sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> As we get closer to game day. Yeah, definitely. Definitely getting nervous. Uh, obviously the biggest game of the year and, uh, you know, want to go out on top and want to win it. But hey, the Chiefs are a formidable opponent and it's, it's going to be a back and forth uh, game. I, I expect. Yeah, it's interesting because um, I don't always get nervous. Uh, I think as the week goes on, I get more hyped, more excited. Uh, that's kind of the old coach in me is that you, you're kind of like putting together preparation. By the time you get to the game, your nerves have kind of went away. You have full expectations of what you're seeing from the opposing team. You know what your job is to do. Now you're just excited about getting the opportunity to go out there and do it. So I think there are little nerves during the week. And then I think once it's time to strap it up, uh, you're ready to go. Now, the only thing that's different is I have zero control, right? As a coach, at least I had control of what the outcome was going to be, calling the plays, putting my players where they needed to be, uh, but not not when it comes to uh, this. So that part's a little nerve-wracking during the game. But, yeah, I don't think it's really nerves. I just think it's uh, more excitement. I, I get really excited for it. And uh, Randy Daytona, Randy Elite oh, Daytona, by the way. Yeah, he says, hey, Ant and Jay in the Bay. Yeah, always <laughs> good. And and he was asking, yo, when's the last time uh, that we've seen you guys together? Have you guys – We have you've been just missing you? Uh, it's been time. <laughs> I mean, we we what's it been? Last year, I think, is when we were right. still, you know, putting out shows together. But us yeah. doing a show together has been even longer. It's been a minute, uh, I yeah. I definitely like this, you know, better. I like working with you, even though I was a producer before behind the scenes. Right, I, I right, like right. This. Uh, it's a lot of fun because I always enjoyed your uh, five big things and that you would just, you had angles that were just good. I, I liked right. them. They were different uh, thought process than a lot of people. I like hearing what, you know, what things people see. Everyone sees it different. And so it's always fun to kind of see, you know, what people are thinking and how they're angling each thing. I always, I always enjoy it. That's why I listen to a bunch of different people uh, to get their perspectives. Uh, I listen to, you know, you and baller and, and Kelts and and Amin the Dream. I'll listen to that show. I kind of get everyone's thoughts on things, especially after the games. It's on Monday nights, uh, so I always enjoy that. And then you know, listen to a couple other people too, just to kind of get their perspective. Sometimes I agree, sometimes I don't. And that's <laughs> the fun of it, right? You you get to disagree or agree, and uh, that's what makes it fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. And everyone sees the game differently. Some like you see it from a coach's eye. I've never been a coach, so I see it from a fan perspective. I also love to play Madden, so I, when I see the plays, I'm thinking of Madden. What would I do in that situation? So, yeah, it's always fun to to hear different perspectives. I, I had a I had a question for you though in the chat. Yeah. Um, you know, what would be if you could talk to Kyle Shanahan? What would be your message to Kyle Shanahan before the start of the game? That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good one, and uh, I, I can go first. To, I, Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I I would just tell him you know keep the keep the game plan simple and I know this might sound crazy but you know be conservative. 
you know, your dad won two Super Bowl rings with the Denver Broncos. And they weren't throwing the ball the hell out the ball. They were running it with Terrell Davis. And uh, we have the best running back in the NFL, UCMC. This is the final game of the year. 30 plus carries if you have to, plus he'll add another, you know, five to eight in the receiving game. But uh just keep the game plan simple. You know, take shots when you need it. Um, you know, we know Brock can deliver the ball anywhere on the field. But I, w- I would use CMC, the best running back in the NFL, um, and, you know, allow Brock Purdy to, to hit throws when he needs to. But I don't think we should necessarily see empty sets in the first drive. And we don't want I – don't, I don't know about you. I don't want to see Brock Purdy throwing 40 times in this game. Um, part of a great defense should be our offense. We should, you know, win the time of possession. You do that by running the ball and not allowing Pat Mahomes to have a lot of possessions on offense. Uh, so my my message to Kyle would be keep it simple. You know, CMC had 2,000 yards from scrimmage. Use him, work off play action, and, uh, you know, take shots when you need it. But I would just run the ball. And as you mentioned it earlier, the Chiefs run defense is is basically a mediocre all year. They, they've just been average. So, you know, hit them where they hurt and also use your strength. You know what? I think what I would tell Kyle Shannon, I like what you said, uh, because I think at times, you know, people are definitely saying Kyle needs to be more committed to the run. Uh, so I get it for sure. I think I would tell Kyle, just be you. Trust your instincts. Trust what got you here. Uh, you know your team better than anyone else. You know what you're looking at. You've done the preparation. Just make sure you go with what you feel. I think sometimes Kyle gets in his own head and he outsmarts himself, outthinks himself. Uh, don't do that. Just go with your first instinct and do what you're supposed to do because you have a tendency in big games like this uh, to call things or do things you wouldn't normally do. But I think if he lets the game come to him, he de- gets determined what the play is going to be by what he sees in the defense and what the defense is giving him. I think that's when the 49ers are going to have the most success. So, uh, yeah, I understand completely that 49ers need to focus on the run game here. But Kyle needs to trust himself and trust his players to make the plays. I think if if he goes in with a mindset that is not that way, he's going to get caught up in some bad situations uh, because Spags is a very good defensive coordinator, and he'll he'll make you pay for it if you get in your own head. Don't outsmart yourself. Do what you know you're supposed to do. Get the ball to McCaffrey. Get the ball to Debo. Get the ball to George Kittle, and let Brock Purdy operate this offense. And I think if they do that, they're going to be just fine. No, absolutely. And I would also add that if something isn't working, you have to – be quick on your feet and make adjustments, whether that's, uh, you know, subbing out players, what's good, Libby's world, whether that be subbing out players, whether that be, you know, changing up something that's not working to something that you think will work, uh, you know, don't keep beating your head if something isn't working. Change up, and that goes for sideline Steve as well. Uh, You know, hey, if, if you're playing zone in the beginning of the game and you're getting cooked, maybe push those corners up. I think we know that Pat Mahomes is going to try to get rid of the ball quick. He doesn't want to have to uh, – I don't think there will be many five to seven men, uh, five to seven quarterback step drops because you got Bosa, you got Chase Young, you got Hargrave, you got Armstead. So I think – and I think that's one thing that the Chiefs did well against us in the regular season in 2022 when they beat the brakes off of us. Um, they got rid of the ball quick. Uh, they didn't allow the 49ers pass rush to really have an impact. 
And um, I think adjustments will be huge. We know Andy Reid's one of the greatest coaches to ever do it. So, um, you know, make make some adjustments if things aren't working and uh, figure out what is going to work. Yeah, and, and what's up, David Villa, for coming what's through. Cool? Always good to have you in the house. And, you know, you're right. you got to be quick to think on your feet. And that was one thing that I did enjoy watching Steve Wilkes do last week. And I know he caught, he catches a lot of criticism and yeah, it's been taking second half adjustments to adjust to what teams are doing, but he started subtling, subtly adjusting during that game and making some, some things happen for that defense early. And I thought that was really smart and a way for him to get, get out there and really make some plays and to put his guys in better positions to be successful. Uh, but you're right. They got to think on their feet. They got to make quick decisions and I, I really think this is one of those weeks where you break tendency, things you would normally do. If you if you run normally, you know, 65% on second down, well, guess what? That should be something you do later on or third down or first down. Uh, throw on that second down. Uh, we know Spags blitzes a lot on second down, so take advantage of him in the blitz. I think this is a week where you zig when you normally zag, and you just try to catch them off guard and keep them off balance the whole way. And I think doing things they wouldn't normally do, hand the ball off to George Kittle on a jet sweep, uh, do stuff like that, that, hey, you're not planned for, you're not expecting, and it might throw them off a little bit. And I think that's something that you can kind of expect in Super Bowl games, the preparation, two weeks, uh, you're throwing the whole kitchen sink at, at these teams. And I think you're right, thinking quick on your feet and coming up with things that they haven't seen before are going to be pivotal in this game. No, no, absolutely. It's interesting that you say you should uh, zag when they think you're going to zig. Because I was thinking, you know, like you said earlier, do what got you here. But obviously, if that doesn't work, then change it up. But I'm also excited to see what plays we haven't seen from Kyle Shanahan. I'm sure there's a, a bag of plays, maybe a dozen, two dozen plays that we haven't even seen yet. And I'm intrigued to see, uh, you know, what, what, what tricks he pulls out his bag on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, and I mean, you can look at at kind of the the recent history of these guys matching up. They've matched up three times. Mahomes is 3-0, but more recently, 2019-2022 uh, were their, their meetings, and the way that Andy Reid attacked them was very much you know on the perimeter as far as screens and things like that, McCall Hardman with the jet sweeps. Uh, so you know those things are coming. And then when you look over on the defensive side of the ball, uh, they were giving up points. I mean, Jimmy G threw some – bad interceptions in the Super Bowl. He threw a bad uh, interception in that that loss. Uh, the first game Christian McCaffrey was ever in San Francisco. It, there, there was mistakes like that. Limiting those mistakes are going to be huge, or I think both of those games could have went different, had different outcomes, even though that one in 2022 looked like a huge blowout in favor of Kansas City. It was really tight for most of the game. It got out of hand in the, the fourth quarter uh, when things just started uh, falling apart, but uh, I think these two teams are pretty well matched. It's going to be a fun game. No, absolutely. And and I believe there's a stat uh, it, when Brock Purdy doesn't throw an INT, I believe we're undefeated. So I think that's going to be key for, for Purdy and this 49ers offense. You know, don't make that big mistake. Um, there's a saying, uh, if, you, if you pray for rain, you can't complain about the mud. And we love Purdy when he throws those those spiral passes in in between two defenders or right above a defender who's jumping. He like he he throws it perfectly at an angle where it goes above and right into a receiver's hands. It's pretty when it works, and I, and I love it when it works. But if if it doesn't, then we have a problem. And um, Br- Purdy can't make that big mistake. And you know the Chiefs do have a talented secondary, so that's why I think we should lean more on the run game. 
also work the play action, get some bootlegs, get Purdy. And that's something that I wanted to talk about later, but definitely get Purdy out of the pocket so he can see the field. Chris Jones is going to be huge in this game, I think. Uh, Speaking of matchups, I'm sure we'll get in that later, but uh, it's going to be important for Purdy to be on the run, I think. Uh, Yeah, I think you're right. And if you go back and you watch 2019's film, it was boot pass, boot pass, boot pass. Uh, Hit him with the outside zone, get him moving one direction, create open space. You're right. That's definitely something we're going to get into. Uh, One thing I want to talk about is the defense, the run defense. Uh, Can the 49ers fix the run defense? Because we've seen two straight weeks of crack toss, get outside and get big plays. Detroit was absolutely hammering the 49ers in the first half. Second half, 49ers played it a lot better. But you're going to be going against a team that's predicated on speed. Isaiah Pacheco, 4-3. McCall Hardman, 4-3. They have a lot of guys that can get it done on the outside. And Andy Reid's one of the best to scheme it up. Do you think the 49ers can slow down this Chiefs running game? Uh, Can they fix the problems that they've had throughout the playoffs? Uh, I, I hope so. But I, I don't think so. Uh, Pacheco's a really good running back. Um, he's a ferocious runner. Uh, he he looks for contact when he's running. Uh, we've been gashed uh, multiple times, whether it's Aaron Jones in the playoffs, whether it was David Montgomery and Gibbs. Uh, it didn't matter if it was up the middle uh, to the sideline. Um, a lot of teams, I believe both teams ran for over like 140 rushing yards against us in each playoff game. So it's going to be critical. I talked about making adjustments before it's going to be critical for sideline Steve. I don't know what he's going to do. I think one game this season I saw we started off on our first series. We had five defensive linemen. I think that's something that we should at least attempt to do, possibly bring in a safety into the box. I think the most important key is you you got to slow down this running game. It's not only demoralizing for the defense uh, to to continue, give up uh, chunks of yards, the Chiefs will be winning the time of possession. They will be getting first downs. Also, that's more. That's less time for your offense to work on the other side of the ball. So it's going to be paramount uh, to stop the run. I know it may sound crazy, but <laughs> make Pat Mahomes beat you. But I just don't think they have the same weapons. They, they don't have Tyreek Hero. They have MVS, who is a speed threat, but his hands are questionable. Now, kudos. He did make a hell of a catch in the AFC Championship game that sealed the game. Kudos to him. But... Um, I, I don't think he really strikes fear in the 49ers defense. Uh, you just don't get beat deep, you know. But um, I, I think if you you bring in maybe another defensive lineman, you bring in another safety into the box, you have to honestly overcommit to stop the run due to the fact that we've been so poor against it in, you know, in the playoff games and, and in some of the uh, December uh, regular season games. So um, I hope they can at least slow down Pacheco but I don't think they will completely shut him out. But uh, it'll be interesting to see the commitment uh, Steve has with stopping the run, because I think that's paramount. You, you can't get gashed in the run game and have Pat Mahomes, uh, you know, having a successful day on offense, throwing the ball. And Daryl with the Super Chat says, hi, our D needs to exploit the A and B gap uh, with Javon Kinlaw. And thanks yeah. so much, Daryl, for the Super Chat. Uh, you are the best, Daryl. You know, member one of the one of the greats. So appreciate it, Daryl. Uh, you're right. Javon Kinlaw is going to have to be a big part of stopping this run game, and stop plugging those a gaps. It's going to be huge. There were some of those runs from Detroit that were just right at the 49ers, and they weren't handling their run gap integrity. They weren't making sure they were in the proper spaces that they were supposed to be in, and a lot of it was 
falling on Oren Burks. Uh, the Detroit Lions attacked Oren Burks pretty consistently, and then they found advantages when they went to the outside and taking advantage of our safeties who weren't running the alley, our forced defender uh, not coming up and setting the edge. And I know a lot of the conversation is going to be about those defensive ends, Nick Bosa, Chase Young, uh, but in those toss-crack plays, that's not their responsibility. They got cracked. Yeah, you'd like to see them fight upfield and try to make a play, but that pitch a lot of times is out there as far as they are. It's that force defender. It's the alley defender that have to make the play. And then in some cases, it's the linebacker coming to stop the cutback. And so I think execution-wise, the 49ers weren't executing at the level they're capable of uh, for a couple of reasons. Either Diameter Lenore maybe went underneath something or did something he doesn't normally do. Or Jair Brown came too far upfield or too far outside. They just have to make sure they execute the right way. I think the 49ers should come out in this game and try to make Kansas City beat them up the middle. Uh, take away those outside plays early, give a little bit extra leverage to the outside and make them run up the middle. They're probably going to be without Joe Thune. They're going to have Nick Allegretti. He's still a good player, but yeah, Ken Law and, and Hargrave and Armstead, maybe they can handle it in the middle. And if that happens, then maybe you could actually slow down this run game. All you have to do is kind of peep the Raiders film and you can find some ways that you can stop the Kansas City Chiefs. So is it easy to do? No, uh, but it definitely has to be something you're dedicated to doing. And all the while, you have to worry about Patrick Mahomes gashing you with an RPO and, and hitting one of those open receivers when you're biting into the run. So it's difficult, but I think it can be done. No, absolutely. It just We just haven't seen it in the playoffs. So can can Wilkes figure it out in two weeks? Can the players, as you said, you know, be disciplined? Um, and, you know, that remains to be seen, but I hope so. Um, it's it's going to be very important for them to do it because I don't want to see another game where we're getting gashed in the run game. Um, so it's definitely something has to change, and, you know, hopefully they get it together on, on Sunday. And uh, Daryl with another super chat says, please, fam, let's help Ant-Man out. Hit that like button. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Daryl. Yeah, hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel. If you don't follow Jay in the Bay, go check out his channel. Follow him. Uh, you know, give him a like. Uh, he, he deserves it. He does a lot of good stuff. So uh, thanks so much, Daryl. I really appreciate that. And, and David Villa had a question here before Ooh. we continue our topics. Uh, he said, if we win the toss, do we receive or do we defer? This has been one of the big topics, Jay, is the 49ers have often chose to defer yeah. The playoffs, it hasn't worked out. Green Bay, right down the field, score. Detroit, <laughs> right down the field, and scored. Uh, but typically, the 49ers used to turn that into 14-point swings. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Oof. You know, Shanahan loves to defer, and I, I would be shocked if he didn't defer, if he, if he won the coin toss. Um, I know he likes to receive the ball in the second half. And uh, we've done, we've been very successful with receiving the ball in the second half and, and going down and at least getting a field goal. But, uh, you know, we would love to get a touchdown, of course. But I say we, we still defer. I just would love to see a stop. Get, get, a, get a three and out to open the Super Bowl, shut down the Chiefs offense, get the ball. That would be, you know, your perfect scenario. You're right. That's the perfect scenario for the 49ers is you get that three and out, you get that stop. And then you turn it into points because right. if you start making the Chiefs play from behind, by the time you get to that two for one, that that last four minutes of the first half, that first four minutes of the second half, if you have the opportunity, you might be able to stretch it to three scores. And I don't know if anything feels more comfortable than three scores against Patrick Mahomes because two does not feel good, uh, but maybe three would. 
And so I think Kyle Shanahan's going to stick with what he does. I think he's going to defer. He's going to count on his defense to go out there and get stops because he knows getting that ball in that eight-minute stretch at the end of the first half to the beginning of the second half could be pivotal in determining who wins because when you score in those situations, you often double up and have the opportunity. But I think it is at least a conversation right now. But Kyle Shanahan, he knows what he wants to do, and I think he's going to stick with it. No, absolutely. And you and you mentioned like the last four minutes of the first half. What I would love to see is Kyle Shanahan have a plan for that. It seemed like in the game against Detroit, you know, they were just lollygagging, um, just wasting time. And then you had to settle for a moody field goal, which got blocked. So it's like, you know, have a plan. If, if you get the ball, let's be aggressive, go down the field. Uh, you don't necessarily have to throw deep every play. I'm not asking. I'm not saying that, but at least have some sense of urgency. You don't even necessarily have to huddle up. Um, you could call two plays, and then you run your first play, and then you go straight to the line of scrimmage. You can all out of that play or or run the second play, but just have a, a sense of urgency, like you know what you're doing, and you're not confused on the sideline. Like any any player. Madden knows about you know clock management and it seems like Shanahan he, he's not sure what he wants to do uh, in those situations so it's kind of frustrating to watch but you know hopefully if that situation arises again right, he has a plan and it's executed I remember uh that exact sequence and I kept wondering like why are we going so slow like I I didn't quite understand it now I will be honest I always go back and watch the film and break it down and I, I know what it was. So you remember the play where George Kittle's waving for everyone, hey, hurry up and get back, hurry up and get back. Kyle Shanahan dialed up the absolute play to get Brandon Ayuk wide open inside the 10-yard line. Conley ran off someone vertically. Uh, Jennings ran off someone vertically, and they had Brandon Ayuk on the deep crosser, and Brock ran out of time. Uh, Colton McKivitz got too much, you know, allowed too much pressure. They weren't able to get it. But if he'd have ripped it, they would have been first and 10 inside the 10 at, or I mean, first and goal inside the 10 at least. It probably would have been a touchdown. And then we wouldn't have been saying that. But the situation is, right, they didn't get it done. So then it makes Kyle Shanahan look like, what the heck are you doing? You ran out of time. But that's one of the risks you run by not going faster. If you went faster, you probably could have been closer, gave yourself some shots at the end zone. So it's a catch 22. Uh, how do you play that? And I think. Yeah, if it worked, if it would have executed, everyone would have been like, Kyle knows exactly what he's doing. But in this case, it didn't work out. So now it looks like Kyle didn't know what he was doing. And, and that's a tough position to be in. But, yeah, I saw it. As soon as I saw the play happen on film, I was like, oh, my gosh. They almost had a big one. And I, and I think it's much better. I mean, perfect scenario. You're in the goal line. Maybe there's 20 to 25 seconds left. You got a timeout left. That's probably your perfect scenario. But in order to get to that, you do have to kind of be much faster, much quicker in your decision-making, getting to the line of scrimmage, calling your play, executing it. I would rather have a minute left and you're almost going to score compared to there's 15 seconds left and you're at the 50-yard line. Like, I would much rather have that option. You can't do it perfect every time, uh, but obviously I would want to see a touchdown right before half. Um, or at least the bare minimum, a closer field goal for Moody. Yeah, I thought that, you know, it was interesting. It didn't work out. I wish yeah. they would have got at least a field goal, um, you know, and, and those are, that's the catch-22. Do, do I use as much time as I can to not give them a chance, right. or do I make sure, you know, that that they don't get another chance? I, I'm going to walk with points, and that's it. Or 
I, I just think you get put in a tough situation that last, you know, few minutes. Uh, I think primarily Kyle did it really good this year besides a couple of occasions. I thought he handled it pretty well. They doubled up people. Uh, but this wasn't one of those situations where you felt really great about it. Uh, but I still feel better about him as far as clock management than some of the other coaches in the league. Uh, so at least we got that going. Kyle is definitely a lot more experienced. I think he's gotten better and better at it as he's yeah. been a head coach. And I, and I would add that even if you do score a touchdown in, in the opponent, let's say they still have two timeouts left with 45 seconds left. Well, how about we, we trust our defense? I mean, we've got the, one of the highest paid defensive lines in the NFL. Trust that they, they'll get pressure. Trust your, your all pro cornerback at Mooney Ward, you know, trust Demo Lenore who's having a hell of a year. Ambry. Hey, he's, he's able to stick with his uh, um, offensive player usually, uh, but he just gets a little handsy, and, and you can't allow that long defensive pass interference. That's something that's worrisome. But trust your players. Trust your defense. One of the best defenses in the NFL that they won't allow <laughs> a, uh, a Hail Mary or a long touchdown right before halftime. I think that's a, that's a very good point, and uh, I'm not going to argue with that at all. David Villa says, do you guys think Chris Conley <laughs> will have a catch in the Super Bowl? What do you think? Uh, I would say no. I think Chris Conley is going to block really well in the Super Bowl. Uh, but, I mean, I, I think Jawan Jennings is going to have a big impact in this game. But I don't know how much Chris Conley we're going to see besides blocking opportunities. Right. Uh, maybe they'll rip one to him later. But I think the honest truth is you want to get the ball uh, to Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Kyle Juszczyk before you ever even get to Ray Ray McLeod and then to Chris Conley. So yeah. probably not that that many uh, opportunities for Conley in this game. But he will run some through routes, get some people, you know, covering him deep so Debo and Ayuk can run deep crossers. Yeah. If, if Conley plays, you know, a lot of snaps on offense, I think that might mean that there's something wrong or a player got hurt, and we definitely don't want to see that. But, hey, if, if Conley goes deep and he's open, you know, BP, I think he can get it to him. Oh, for sure. Brock will rip yeah. it to whoever. If yeah. somebody gets open, Brock's going to find him. That's just, he don't care. He's an equal opportunity quarterback. He's like, oh, yeah, you're <laughs> open. Boom. I don't care who it was supposed to go to. And I love that. Uh, that's the kind of quarterback play I think we've always wanted in San Francisco. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit of defense again. Ambry Thomas, Logan, uh, Logan Ryan, uh, because Ambry has been dealing with the hand, and you could see it. There's not a lot of physicality in his game right now. And he's had a couple of rough outings since the surgery. I thought he was playing pretty good before that. Now it hasn't been the case. Do you think the 49ers are going to go with Ambry Thomas in this game? Or will they kind of fool around with this thing? They got Logan Ryan who played some really good nickel in that second half. Uh, how do you think they go about playing the secondary? Will it be Ambry when nickel happens? Or will it be Logan Ryan taking the nickel and Demo staying outside? Ooh, great question. Um, refresh my memory. Ambry, he got the surgery after the Lions game, right? Or was after it? the Commanders. After the Commanders. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, I would say that Ambry continues to play. Uh, I think he'll continue to start outside, I believe. Um, and the reason I say that, I mean, he's played in every game this year. Um, I, I think he has been solid. Um, there have been plays made by him by other wide receivers. Every corner gets beat. Um, but I think with Ambry, it's just, I guess in the run game, that could be a concern. As you said earlier, he's not, he hasn't been as physical. So can he, you know, be competent in the run game? I think that could be an issue for him. But as far as him covering, I think 
If you put him on MVS, I think he can run with MVS. It's just at the catch point, don't freak out, Ambry. Just, you know, watch the receiver's hands, put your hand through the receiver's hands, and uh, make a PBU. But um, I think we stick with Ambry. I, I think you're right. I, I think they're going to stick with Ambry Thomas because I think they want Demo to play inside. Uh, Demo's effectiveness as basically a third linebacker in the run game has is, is been pivotal. Uh, plus, they just don't throw too much on him. He's very good in there. So he's going to go against the guys that they're trying to create space for, whether that's Travis Kelsey or that's Rasheed Rice. Uh, he's just going to have that type of battle. With Ambry Thomas, I want him on the outside against MVS uh, because yeah. one thing that he loves to do is play with cushion and give a lot of depth and keep a lot of cushion out there. He can stay on top of a really fast receiver. His problem with the penalty that he got in the Packers game was he wasn't on top. Uh, mm-hmm. He was underneath the route. And when that happened, then he freaked out and grabbed because he didn't know where the ball was. Uh, so I think if he trusts his technique that Steve Wilkes has been working on and he stays on top of those routes, that's okay. Because I just don't think MVS is a consistent enough route runner to break off a bunch of stuff underneath from Ambry's cushion and run all these comebacks and stop routes and make plays underneath. I just don't think that's the kind of receiver he is. If it was Tyreek Hill, I'd be, I'd be completely worried about it. Uh, but it's not. It's it's a different type of player at MVS. He likes to stretch it deep, not so much underneath. Uh, so I think Ambry Thomas will be okay there. But I think the 49ers will have Logan Ryan ready. I think there'll probably be some situations we see three safeties on the field, yeah. and they'll probably go big sometimes because one of the big players is a is a tight end. So you need to have bigger bodies, guys that are able to get physical. And so at those cases, you might see more than one safety on the field. Bring Jair up, put or Gibson up, put him right on Kelsey, and allow the other guy to play the deep third or the deep half. No, no, I, I agree. Well said. And then let's talk the biggest matchup on offense versus the Chiefs. Uh, the 49ers, you know, it, it's going to be tough. Their offense has all these weapons. Uh, what are they going to do against this Chiefs defense who has so much talent? You have Chris Jones. And, I mean, I mean, I think you agree with this. Maybe one of the best secondaries the 49ers have won against the entire season. Yeah. Uh, what is the biggest matchup the 49ers need to win on offense versus the Chiefs? Man, great point or great question, I would say. Um, I would say it starts off in the trenches, and it starts off with BBF, and that stands for Banks, Brindle, and Feliciano. I think they're going to be tasked, obviously, with handling Chris Jones. I mean, if you've been watching NFL, you know Chris Jones has been one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL the last decade. Um, He was wrecking havoc against the 49ers in the last Super Bowl. So it's going to be key for those three guys to be able to handle Chris Jones. I would expect Chris Jones to win some matchups against Brindle. I could see Chris Jones pushing Brindle into Brock Purdy, and that's why I think it's very important for Brock Purdy to, hey, get some rollout, get him out of the pocket, make that Chiefs defensive line run after him, get tired. Also, Brock can see the field better when he's out of the pocket. He doesn't necessarily have to be on his tippy toes and trying to look above the the uh, defensive lineman. Also, you don't have, really have to worry about balls getting batted at the, at the line of scrimmage if he's out of the pocket. So I think that's going to be key. I know Chris Jones, sometimes he lines up on the center. Sometimes he lines up on either guard. So I think that's going to be a key matchup in blocking him and our offensive linemen. They need to get to the second level. They have to get their hands on the Chiefs linebackers, which uh, not necessarily household names, but they're definitely talented. Um, I think what Bolton, um, I think they have Tranquil and I think Willie Gay. 
So they're all guys that can that can run and um, definitely got to get your hands on them to be able to have those holes open in the run game. So um, that's going to be, I think, my biggest matchup, the 49ers interior offensive line against that Chiefs defensive front. I, I think that's a good one because if there's one weakness along the offensive line, it's probably that interior group, even though they've played well. Aaron Banks hasn't been the same since he had the injury, especially uh, the, the, the toe injury. He's looked a little bit slower, but still, you know, doing pretty good. Uh, Feliciano has been a big upgrade for the 49ers at right guard. He's been stout, and now he might have his biggest test of the season. Now, these guys are used to going against Aaron Donald, so it's yeah. a similar type of beast. So the 49ers are aware of what happens with a dynamic defensive tackle. But the, the Kansas City Chiefs are dealing with some injuries on the defensive line. Charles Amenehue was a big loss for them. Yeah. Uh, he was the number one pass rusher as far as rate to get to the quarterback. Uh, even better than Chris Jones. And they have lost a lot of depth. They lost in Dami as well. They have very little depth on the interior defensive line, which they like to take Chris Jones and move him outside on obvious pass downs against guys like Colt McKivitz. Is that still going to be a, the case? Because now you don't have interior defensive line. You're going three, four deep uh, in your depth. You thought the four yards depth struggled at times. This is really, really bad. So I don't know how much they can move him or where they can move him. But the 49ers are going to have a have to have a real plan to stop Chris Jones. And I implore Kyle Shanahan, from all the film that I've watched this week, when Chris Jones lines up on Colton McKivitz, as long as it's not third and long, run the football. Mm-hmm. Uh, with no one in there in the interior, that's when that interior battery should be able to block well, create holes. Third and three could be easy conversions for the 49ers in the run game. Raiders did that a lot. Uh, other teams were successful in that category as well, and I think the 49ers could follow suit and do that as well. No, absolutely. And I, I believe Feliciano, he was interviewed uh, during Super Bowl week, and he said that he's gone up against Chris Jones like 10 to 12 times in his career. So that's a guy that he's seen, obviously, a lot of times, and he knows how to corral him and how to make his impact the least as possible. Uh, but on short, on I would say on third and short, I would imagine – Chris Jones probably stays inside, right? Because you mentioned the lack of depth. Most likely we're probably going to run the ball, so it would probably be better to have him inside. But if it's third and eight, third and nine, yeah, that would be an interesting matchup. Chris Jones against, um, I almost said, McClinchy against Colton McKibben. <laughs> they finished the exact same as far as pass blocking this year. Same grade. So. Wow, wow. And I, I thought McKivitz wasn't bad. I, honestly, I thought the offensive line pass blocking in these playoffs, I, it seems like it's been shoddy. It hasn't been great. I feel like Purdy hasn't been able to get a lot into his throws. Um, you see him, the rush is literally in his face, and he's just trying to get the ball off. Um, I know, at least for me, when I talk about offensive linemen, it's usually if they did something wrong. Like, they could have 40 plays and – 36 of them could be good, right? And then, But the four that they messed up on or someone won a matchup, those are the four that kind of stick out. But hopefully, you know, we have a better, um, not not just the game plan, but hopefully we just do a better job at executing and creating a clean pocket for Purdy because I think that's going to be a key for him to have success in this game. Yeah, and Colton McKivitz has zero sacks allowed right now in the playoffs. Uh, a nice. lot of that's because Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy getting rid of the football, Brock Purdy escaping the pocket. Scrambling, but, yeah. But, hey, you know, he he's doing a good job. And Lou says definitely need to move the pocket to protect BP. Uh, it, just going over what you said, you're right. And that's one of the things that we know is huge in this game 
is if you just watch the things that the, the Kansas City Chiefs struggle against, they struggle against the outside zone from a quarterback under center. They're 25th best defense in the league. Uh, so lower third. So if you're under center, you can run outside zone. That creates the avenue to run the boot passes, get Brock Purdy out where he has the vision. You run the flood patterns on the backside, get those guys open, uh, create some opportunities for Brock Purdy to get some layered throws. To me, it makes a lot of sense. Keep him safe, keep him upright, get him outside the pocket and away from Jones. And also with Kansas City having to commit so much to the stop in the run game of the 49ers, you're going to open up some horizontal windows for Brock Purdy to throw. Uh, and whenever you get that, that's when Debo and Brandon Ayuk make plays, especially Kittle as well. So I think that's going to be a firm part of the game plan. I think you've hit the nail on the head with that. And I think that's exactly what they're going to do in this game. No, absolutely. And then we got this right here from David Villa. Who do you think will score the Niners' first touchdown? I think it's I think it's got to be I think if it's a long touchdown like a run I'm saying CMC uh but if it's around the goal line I'm thinking Debo. I like that. I think they're going to get Debo involved as well. I think yeah. Christian McCaffrey's going to have a big game. I'm going to go with McCaffrey in this. I just think uh they're going to get down there. There that one play that they've been running has not been stopped yet. Green Bay can't stop it. Detroit can't stop it. It's basically a power O right there at the, you know, right when they get to the goal line area. 49ers are four, four or five against Detroit, one of the best run defenses in the red zone. Uh, to me, I think the 49ers are going to run it over them with Christian McCaffrey when they get to that part. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to see McCaffrey get a, a big touchdown. I, I want Brock Purdy to get like the MVP, but if Christian McCaffrey came away with it as a running back, uh, no complaints because he has been fantastic this season. No, absolutely. Uh, I would, I would, I love to say that CMC. That's the greatest trade in 49ers history, or at least since I've been a fan. Uh, obviously, we got Trent Williams as well, but CMC that cash is different. I, I think you're right. It came just at the right time last year, yeah. and now this year you're seeing all the benefits in the world. Uh, it catapulted the 49ers to where they are. The 49ers aren't here without McCaffrey. Right. He unlocked Kyle Shanahan's offense. So I completely agree. Let's flip it to the other side of the ball. Biggest matchup for the 49ers defense versus the Chiefs. Chiefs offense, we talked about it. Probably a, a four-headed monster, really. Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, Isaiah Pacheco, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, what's the biggest matchup for the 49ers defense? The defense has been leaking oil a little bit against the run. Still playing competitive against the pass, but the run uh, has been had some you know little holes here and there. Yeah, when you when you look at this Chiefs offense throughout the regular season, I think Pat Mahomes only threw for over 300 yards. You could probably count on one hand. Uh, I just think that the passing game has been really limited uh, without Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, obviously they they had a, a solid season. They're 11 and six, but in their all their losses, they never scored more than 20 points. So th this isn't a high power Chiefs offense. Um, but they do have, as you said, they have talented players. And I think it's going to be key. You got to shut down Pacheco. You you, you have to um, – you, you don't want to put the ball in the Mahomes' hands, but you got to have to. You have to make their offense one-dimensional. The only way you do that, you got to shut down the run. Uh, Pacheco is a hell of a back, uh, you know, a hell of a talent. I think he was – wasn't he a seventh-round pick, I believe? He was. So, yeah. yeah. Rutgers. Yeah, crazy, crazy that the Chiefs found him there. Obviously, he's got first-round talent. Um, but, yeah, you got to stop Pacheco. That's got to be, you know, the first key. And I think you kind of have to overcommit to stop the run because we've, we've we've struggled, as we've talked about earlier on in the show. But then you can't forget about Pat Mahomes. I mean, 
best quarterback of the last decade. Not it's not even a, a discussion. Um, the things he can do, where he just draws up plays on his hand. Hey, you go to the left, you go to the right. Um, I find you open. Um, the, the, one of the biggest things that's scary is his off the script plays, um, and I think it's going to be paramount. I'm not sure. And correct me if I'm wrong, but do the 49ers employ a spy? Um, like, especially if it's on a third and long, that's something that Mahomes excels at. Uh, I don't care who it is. If you bring up Jair Brown in the box, you have Logan Ryan um, spy Mahomes, either Greenlaw or Fred, but there has to be a spy on third down because that's where Mahomes really hurts you uh, when he's able to escape the pocket then that allows Kelsey more time to get open. That allows Rice more time to get open. And then if they're not open, he'll just run for it. Um, And he's going (laughs) to – Mahomes will run until he thinks he's going to get hit just to try to get a flag uh, called. So that's something else you got to watch out for. But um, for me, the two biggest matchups, it's Mahomes, it's Pacheco. I think Kelsey can get his – I think as long as we don't allow him in the end zone, I think we'll be fine. Uh, because there's a lot of ways you can get Kelsey the ball. He knows if you're running zone, he he can run the screen game. He 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 doesn't have that blazing speed, but you know he can scamper for about a half dozen yards, maybe ten yards. But uh, the biggest key is definitely got to not allow Pat Mahomes to scamper for first downs, and you got to contain Pacheco. Yeah, I think early down success is huge. Uh, if you can't stop the run game at Kansas City, you're not going to stop their offense because. Uh, just getting it going. Now, they're not one of those teams, and uh, this is exactly what Hugh says here, so I'll give Hugh a little credit. I put his comment up there. The Chiefs will abandon the run early if it's not working. You have That's why you have to have a commitment to stop it early. If you slow it down, it makes it more difficult. It turns Patrick Mahomes in this offense into a drop back, throw the football, scramble around, make plays. Steve Wilkes talked about it this week. There's two plays that you have to be prepared for, the normal play and then the extended play. And that's exactly what you have to worry about. So early down success against the Kansas City Chiefs is pivotal. Stopping the run on first and second down, forcing third and long. And then when you get to those third and longs, like you brought up about the spy, that's not something the 49ers normally employ. But I have seen teams that have been willing to show someone in the blitz, uh, Greenlaw, Fred, and they come up and they show in the blitz, and then they don't bail all the way. They kind of hang out and they wait for an opportunity to come at the quarterback You might see some of that this week, Uh, some opportunities where you have them hovering around just in case. But also, it's so important for the defensive ends, Bosa and Chase Young and Randy Gregory and whoever else is in, to keep their outside arm free when they're rushing. They have to make sure he can't escape the pocket going around. Don't go too far upfield. Make just enough around to bend the corner, keep that outside arm free. So that way he has to step up in the pocket. And then those interior defensive linemen that you're paying all that money to, Hargrave and Armstead got to earn it in this game. They're going to. I have a lot of faith in them. They're good players. Uh, But then collapse that pocket on top of them. So I think it could be a combination of both. You're going to have to have real rush lane integrity, but you're also going to have to keep a guy around every once in a while, whether it's in a blitz or showing in a blitz and then him having the opportunity to get Patrick if he tries to escape early. But it's a complicated scheme that you're going to go against, and it's a complicated set of rules that you're going to have to embrace to make sure you keep him in the pocket. Because you're right, he gets outside the pocket, uh, not only can he kill you with his legs, but then all of a sudden he whips one down the field for 40 yards, and it's a big-time play. Those types of things are just scary, and that's what the 49ers have to deal with in this matchup. 
And you, you mentioned third down. I mean, third down is, is going to be very pivotal in this game. Um, Niners defense has to get off the field on third down. Uh, the last two games, they've been 13. They've allowed 13 out of 25 conversions on third down. So to me, that's not really good for this caliber of defense. I mean, that that percentage needs to be around 30%. Like if you told me, <clears throat> excuse me, if you told me that the Chiefs would only convert three out of 10 on third down, I would take that. Oh, oh! If, if they only go thirty percent on uh, third down, 49ers have a good shot of winning the game. Now, yeah. the Chiefs' overall offense hasn't been fantastic on third down. They're forty-three percent on the season, but still, they're pretty good. Uh, so you're right; third down is going to be huge in this football game. 49ers are really good on third down as far as offensively, but defensively, their numbers slowly been trending the wrong direction. Forty-two uh, percent they give up third down if you include the playoffs. Not exactly where you want to be as far as third down. And Hugh asked this, will the 49ers stay in a zone? Kelsey beats zone well. Who covers Kelsey? Yeah, I think they, what they could do is maybe, um, you know, maybe they could have zone on one side, maybe the opposite side of Kelsey, and maybe have someone man up uh, Kelsey. Maybe you could bracket the coverage, put someone on top. I don't think you're necessarily worried about Kelsey beating anyone down the field. Like, I don't think he's he's that guy anymore, but – Maybe double them. I mean, the, the the Chiefs, I just don't think they have that many weapons unless MVS has a career game. Um, I don't even know if uh, uh, there's a, another player, uh, the Chiefs, wide receiver. He's kind of been uh, inactive a lot of the year. Canarius uh, Tony. Exactly. Is he even playing? No Who idea. Knows? So, so I think, hey man, uh, man up, Kelsey. Kelsey's great at finding those those zones. He he'll just sit in between two defenders. Mahomes know where he knows where he's going. Um, but you know, can you completely shut that down? No. Uh, I think Kelsey's going to get his. He'll probably get. I think the there was a prop bet for Kelsey. I think it was over under six catches. I can see Kelsey getting over six catches, but keep him out of the end zone. Uh, don't allow those catches to be first down, and I think we'll be fine. Yeah, it's about it's about changing up what they see. Uh, never let them get comfortable with what Travis Kelsey's going against. Is it is it sometimes Trey Greenlaw? Is it sometimes Fred Warner? Uh, is it sometimes they're dropping someone underneath? Are they bracketing like you said? Is it Deshaun Gibson coming up and lining up on top of him? Just continue to make it difficult for him to understand what he's looking at. Now, I know he's a veteran. He's going to figure it out, but maybe you can make him wait half a second to get open. Uh, that extra half a second maybe gets Bosa home. And we have a little bit of a difference in opinion. Lou says, I think Wilkes needs to bring the heat and put pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And Integrity uh, says, you do not <laughs> blitz Patrick Mahomes. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you not blitz Patrick Mahomes, or do you do like Lou said, and you bring heat and put the pressure on Patrick? Man, well, sideline Steve hasn't really blitzed a whole lot. Um, but if we can get pressure with our front four, then it, it doesn't make sense to blitz. But I think sometimes you do have to surprise Mahomes, whether you blitz through the A-gap. Uh, maybe we could see Bosa and Chase Young line up right above the center. Maybe they could blitz them, uh, through the middle. I think you just have to keep them guessing. But I think you do blitz. Um, it could be a zone blitz. It could be a man blitz. Uh, but just disguise it. Um, you, you have to keep Pat Mahomes on his toes. I know he's seen it all, um, but I think that's – I think you you mix it up. I think you do a little bit of both. Um, and just in regards to Kelsey, you mentioned 
you know, maybe make Kelsey a beat slower. Well, the way you do that, you got to get your hands on him at the line of scrimmage, especially if he's in a three-point stance, you know, um, get your hands on him. Don't allow free release, whether he's in his three-point stance or lining up as a receiver. Um, that'll make it even longer that, as you mentioned before, Pat Mahomes, he has to hold that ball. And that could be a, a second that Chase Young or Bosa or Armstead or Hargrave need to get some pressure on Mahomes. Yeah, and Integrity says, looked like they were fooling Mahomes with delayed blitzes. He said the Ravens were doing that. And then Hughes said, hey, since he had some success rushing three at times and dropping eight into coverage, I think that's the key, right? We've seen Steve Wilkes dropping Chase Young into coverage the other day. I mean, uh, they are doing a bunch of different things, bringing a linebacker, dropping Chase, uh, confusing what is normally seen. It doesn't mean it's going to confuse them enough that they're not going to figure it out. But what it means is it might make them maybe a second behind where their normal progression is, uh, make them think that they're seeing something they don't. That's the key. I mean, Kelsey's going to get catches in this game. There's just no way around it. The good news is the 49ers are the fourth best defense in the league against tight ends, and they're going to have a tough task. But when you go against George Kittle every single day of practice, you're going to be pretty good against tight ends during the season. So I think they'll be okay. Uh, and Jay, I got a question for you about an under the radar player to make an impact. Uh, because every single year, it seems like somebody comes out of nowhere in the Super Bowl uh, for one of these teams and, and makes a play that just you're like, wow, th- that was so huge. And the 49ers have some guys that have been unassuming all year, uh, guys who maybe haven't had big time plays. I'm wondering if you have a guy that's flying under the radar, you expect to have a, a big game or a, a couple big plays in this game that tip it one way or the other. Hey, I give you three. Okay, so, I like that. <laughs> so I got to start off, of course, with Jawan Jennings. I mean, with Jawan, it, it's it's quality over quantity. We know he's not going to get a ton of targets in the game. Hell, I think he only has like 20 catches uh, in the regular season, but we know he can make some big plays on third down. What's most important is Brock Purdy trusts Jawan to make plays. He's got great hands, reliable hands. We all saw the catch against Detroit uh, where he just jumped up in the sky and grabbed the ball. Um, So Juwan, and not only will he make big catches, um, he's also great in the run game. He'll frustrate the defenders. That's one thing that you got to love about Juwan um, is that he's, he's not afraid to block and he's not afraid to push your best corner into the Gatorade jug on the sideline. So uh, I would say first is definitely Juwan Jennings. Next, I would say it's Kyle Juszczyk. We've got all these other skill guys, Ayuk, Kittle, Debo, CMC. You forget about number 44. Not only can he block, but he also can catch, and he can make those great sideline catches that we've seen um, in the past. And let's be real, the defense isn't really going to key on juice. So I think, you know, Purdy should look for him. He can make uh, – he won't make a lot of guys miss, but he'll be – he'll make a, a good catch. He's re- He's got reliable hands. And uh, hey, he can definitely get a first down for you. And I would, I have one more guy. Uh, special teams doesn't really get talked about enough, but I would say it's it's Mitch Wisnowski. Um, a field position is key uh, in this game. Well, you could say in every game, but you know, Mitch since December he's had twenty one punts, um, and nine of those punts have been inside the twenty. So I think if we can get Hey, if we have to punt, we get three or four punts that are in the 20. That would force the Chiefs to have to go eight, uh, um, 85, 90 yards just to get to their end zone and get a touchdown. 
I think it's something that's not talked about, but I think it's very important. Mitch has had a hell of a year. And um, not only will can Mitch punt the ball and do that coffin punt, but our gunners have to get down and actually grab the ball before it gets to the end zone. So those are my three guys that are underrated, but they could have a huge uh, impact in the game. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Jawan has been one of those guys that when the biggest moments come, he usually makes something happen. Uh, and he's not just relegated to making catches, right? A third in Jawan's a thing, but uh, third in blocking is a real thing for Jawan. I mean, the dude's a beast when it comes to blocking. Uh, he always makes plays. He's always getting guys extra yardage. Uh, Jawan Jennings also sets a attitude that this offense plays with. So he, he for sure can make some plays in this game. I wouldn't be surprised to see him make some big-time plays. And Kyle Juszczyk, it's funny because Juszczyk was huge in that 2019 game. He had the touchdown. He had a couple other big catches. Uh, that one makes a lot of sense to me for Kyle Juszczyk to have a big game. Mitch Wisnowski punted one time last week for 56 yards. Uh, so I would actually love to see Wisnowski not a part of this game uh, with no punts. Uh, but I, I like what you're saying because you're right. It, he can flip the field. And against Patrick Mahomes, if you can make him have to go 85 yards or 90 yards instead of 75, that could be the difference between a touchdown and a field goal. Four-point difference is huge. Uh, so you're right. That, those are, those are big-time picks. I like those picks. Um, so, yeah, well thought out. Good, good job on that question. It was, it was pretty <laughs> solid. Absolutely. And, and uh, one last thing about Jawan. I, yeah, I think he is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Correct me if I'm wrong. but Restricted they, free agent. He's he's restricted. Yeah, because his rookie oh, okay. year, they they waived him. He was on the practice squad, right. uh, and then they put him on IR. He was never on the fifty three. So because of that, he did not get that season. It wasn't accrued. Mm. So uh, he's only actually going into his fourth year coming up. So he'll be a restricted free agent. So offer sheet will definitely be coming his way. It'll, it'll, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I was I was going to say he may have priced himself out, kind of like how Kendrick Bourne did a few years ago when Patriots gave him. He goes like a three-year deal, twenty-one million. I don't envision the Niners giving that uh, to to Juwan, but he he's earned every penny he gets. And uh, yeah, if, since you say he's restricted, I, I could see him back with the Niners next season. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much for Integrity Automotive for subscribing. I appreciate the subscription. And he had a question here: How big of a factor is Jarek McKinnon? It looks like the Chiefs are about to activate him. Wow. Research shows he had the same amount of TDs all as all the Chiefs wide receivers last year. Wow. I, I almost forgot about paper playing McKinnon, man. I almost forgot about him. Uh, but, but he's good. Like he, he, it didn't work out with the Niners, uh, but he, he was pretty good with the Chiefs. And I, I, honestly, I, I forgot about him because he got hurt. Do you recall when did he get hurt in a regular season? I don't remember actually yeah. until this week. I did not realize he was on IR. I saw it and I was like, oh, wow, Jarek McKinnon's not going to play. That's going to hurt them as far as. Uh, the passing game with him in the out of the backfield, uh, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh wait, no, he's gonna he might be activated. So looks like he's gonna play. That that's huge if he's gonna play. I mean, he's probably gonna be obviously rusty. Uh, he, I, I would, I'm just gonna look real quick. When was the last time he played? Um, but obviously he's gonna be rusty. But he would love to stick it to <laughs> his former team in the 49ers. That's for sure. But yeah, Jet, he can run the ball. He can, he can catch. I think he's a pretty good back. What to expect from him? I, I don't know because he hasn't played. Let's see. The last time he played, 
Oh, he, he played uh, December 17th against New England. Um, so I'm assuming he must have gotten hurt hurt right after that game. Um, didn't do much in the game. He did have one touchdown receiving. But um, how, how much? How many plays will they actually give McKinnon when you got Pacheco? You've got um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, they'll probably use McKinnon maybe on third down. I know they like to use him on third down when he was healthy. Um, but well, he, he may be able to make an impact. He'll be fresh, right? Yeah, I mean – I think the 49ers will be ready for Jarek McKinnon. They just went against Jameer Gibbs. Uh, if you're right, prepared right. for Jameer Gibbs, you're prepared for Jarek McKinnon. But he is in a, he can make catch screen passes, right? He can catch you know bubble screens outside. He can still run the ball a little bit. Uh, so it is an added aspect to their offense they're definitely going to have to prepare for. And Daryl says Mitch is repeating the run they called back in Seattle game, I think. Uh, so he's he's calling for Mitch Wisnowski to run the fake punt. That would be interesting. That would be that would be great, um, but you know Ronnie Brown, hey, j- just get in front. You don't have to even block. You know, uh, on that play, Mitch had already got the first down. Ron, uh, Ronnie Brown, he was doing too much. Just get in front of him. Don't even you don't even have to block. Oh, you ain't got to worry about that. Ronnie Bell is not going to be active for this game. Don't worry about <laughs> it. He's, he's going to be chilling on the sidelines. Chris yeah. Conley took that spot uh, because he effectively knows where to line up and who to block, and that's right, what right. Kyle wants from that you know, six wide receivers. It's crazy. The 49ers are running with six wide receivers this year. I think yeah. five are the what's playing in the games. But uh, what about a bold prediction? Give me a bold prediction for this matchup. Wow, bold, bold prediction. Uh, I, I would go with, you know, number 97, the, the highest paid defensive player in the NFL right now. It, it's got to be Bosa. Uh, I, I'm expecting him to have a huge game. He is going up against this this Chiefs offensive line. Uh, and they have a right tackle in, I believe his name is Jawan Taylor. Taylor. So I believe he's the most penalized offensive lineman in the NFL. I think he's had like nine holding penalties, and he's had a total of like 23 penalties. Now, he, he lines up on, obviously, the offensive's right side. Bosa usually lines up on the offense's left side. So Bosa, you know, maybe sideline Steve will put him on the right to match him up there. Um, but I think Bosa or even Chase Young should be able to eat in this game. Um, I think you just have to e- expose Taylor for the guy he is. He, he he's, he's grabby. Hopefully the refs see it. But I can see Bosa having, you know, a two-sack game, a few TFLs, uh, and I'm even predicting a defensive touchdown uh, by Nick Bosa. I think he jumps up, he, he hits, uh, he pats down one of Pat Mahomes' passes, catches it, and he takes it to the house. That's my bold prediction. I love that. I, if you're going to go bold, you go real bold and you call for a defensive touchdown by Nick Bosa. Uh, but, yeah, I'm here for it. And you're right. Bosa's going to line up in front of Jawan Taylor all game. I can tell you that right now. Okay. They might flip him to the other side occasionally. Uh, but, I mean, Bosa's been calling for holding penalties this week. Yeah, yeah. It's particularly because of Jawan Taylor. And I guarantee you there's going to be plays in this game where it looks like Jawan Taylor is trying to grab him from behind by the waist as wow. Bosa's trying to get to Patrick Mahomes. He's going to smoke Taylor a couple of times with his speed up field. Uh, so I think that this is a game both really win at. Taylor struggles. Uh, just, the speed is not there. He's very grabby. He gets top heavy. doesn't have flexibility in his hips. When I break down offensive linemen, Jawan Taylor's not the guy you want to go against an explosive player like Bosa who has the leverage to play against a taller guy. So um, I think Bosa could have a big game. I, I think your bold prediction could come correct. The touchdown, if that happens – Wow, I'm giving you major props. I'm saying going right to Twitter, telling everybody, guess what Jay did? Because 
uh, that would be absolutely fantastic. That that would be like MVP, like Super Bowl MVP worthy right there if you were able to do it that. It would. <laughs> it would. The closest I've come to anything like that was the divisional round, 49ers versus Packers. I called for a special teams touchdown that was going to change the game, and then we got the punt block. So that's as close as I got, but not the particular guy, just the, the situation, You're, that you'd be hitting a new level of excellence there. And then I got I got this one. We got this one from Integrity. Uh, do you think Charvarius is ready for Rasheed Rice? Yeah, I think I think Mooney has been playing really well this postseason. Um, I think he he struggled a little bit earlier on in the regular season, um, you know, with penalties, holding penalties, pass interference. But it seems like he's turned over a new leaf the second half of the season, um, and he's he's been one of the best corners in the NFL. And uh, yeah, I think he'll I think he'll do just fine with uh, going up against Rice. Yeah, I'm actually okay with Diablo Lenore going against Rasheed Rice. Uh, I think those are both situations that uh, could, you know, could be advantages for the 49ers. We have a super chat from Tommy. The two tackles are, everyone can read that, Armageddon's 2.0. Uh, so Tommy coming <laughs> with the jokes. Thanks so much, Tommy. For What's the, good, Tommy? That. Really appreciate it. Yeah, Tommy's one of the best. Uh, <laughs> always got something interesting to say. Uh, so love when Tommy comes into chat. And I think the only thing left to do now, Jay, is to uh, pick the winner. I'm going to let you pick it. I'm not going to give my prediction in this game. I wait for my game preview show every week. Uh, but I start listening to what everyone has to say. And I got to be honest, uh, you know, it, depending on who I'm talking to, there are actually 49er people picking against the 49ers. I don't mm. know where you sit on this, uh, but some people are getting bold. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't trended that way. All the film I've watched and everything, I haven't went there, but – uh, I'm curious where you're going to go with this score. So I, I think it's going to be. I, do you do you know the over under for this game? I don't know the over under okay. for this game. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be high scoring. I'd be surprised if one of the teams. Now, if we get a defensive touchdown, I can see us getting over thirty. But I think both teams will be under that. Um, I just think this Chiefs offense hasn't really been explosive. Um, you look at their points scored, um, and, I, and I think the key number for the Niners' defense is to keep them under 20. Their six losses all regular season, they, they only scored 20 points once, and that was in the, the game opener versus the Lions to kick off the regular season. So I think the Chiefs will be able to run the ball. Um, I just hope that they don't gash us like for 15, 20, 25 yards, but I think they will be able to run the ball. I think it will be back and forth. Um, but I think if Shanahan, hey, run the ball, CMC, uh, get Debo involved early. I would love to see Kittle get, you know, a half a dozen targets. Uh, we didn't really talk about Ayuk, but he he's had a fantastic season. I believe this is his this was his second thousand yard season in a row, I believe. Or was it third? Yeah. Second? Second. So Ayuk is having a you know a hell of a year. Get him involved as well. Um, you know, move Purdy around. Uh, but I think the key is the defense has to get off the field on third down. Purdy has to protect the football, and Shanahan has to protect Purdy by getting him on some bootlegs, some rollouts, um, working off play action. And uh, I think the Niners can can get number six. And I and would you like my score? Right, like my score prediction. Oh, yeah. So I, yeah, I got the Niners winning twenty four to nineteen. I like that. Uh, that's a solid victory. You know, I mean, 
it's going to be tough sledding against this Chiefs defense. I yeah. mean, they, they're just really good. They haven't given up a single team, you know, scoring 30 points this entire game or entire season. So uh, 30 points is going to be hard to come by. But if you can play solid defense and keep Patrick Mahomes and that offense into kicking field goals instead of touchdowns, I, I think you're right. I think there's an opportunity for the 49ers to win this game. 24-19 sounds like a very sweet spot, a tough fought battle. Uh, but ultimately earned a big victory for the, for the 49ers. And boy, would and that change the narrative around Brock Purdy, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And also the 49ers, you know, I mentioned the 13 of 25 uh, defensively on giving up third down conversions, which isn't good. Um, but one thing we do do well is the red zone defense. You know, we've, we've forced a lot of field goals in, in the playoff games and in the regular season. So, Sometimes we'll allow those those big plays, those chunk plays where the offense moves down the field. But once they get in the red zone, we really clamp down and uh, we force teams to, to kick field goals. And that'll be key versus, the, you know, the Chiefs offense and uh, Pat Mahomes. Yep. You got to play touchdowns for field goals. Right. Four get touchdowns, Chiefs get field goals, you win the game. Uh, we've seen that be a negative for the 49ers in years past. Now they score a lot of touchdowns. That's Jake Moody. There was a stretch there where I don't think he kicked the field goal for a long time. It was just yeah. extra point after extra point. I think that's what the 49ers need to do in this matchup, and you're right. I think they could win it. I like your score prediction. Uh, who knows? I might steal it for later in the week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what What's the deal, do you think, with Moody? Is it is it all between the ears? Um, I mean, the dream was saying on our show straight out of the bay that, hey, Moody kicks better on the left hash on the field compared to the right hash. You know, what, what do you think? What do you think the deal is with Moody? Just the nerves get to him? I, I think it's interesting because I was at the Rams game at the end of the year, and he missed right. he missed it right, and it right. was on the right hash. I think a mean in the dream might be, you know, something <laughs> there. Um, he lets it tail a little bit. I mean, that's just yeah. kind of what's going on. Maybe there's a little technique flaw. I don't know enough about kickers to know – uh, exactly what the technique is, I, but you don't want to switch it during the season. So my guess right. is they'll work on it in the off season, but yeah, they've probably feel a lot more comfortable with him on the left hash and the right, the way that the ball moves. Uh, but also wind in Levi stadium, isn't normally significant, uh, but I think it is moving the ball a little bit because we've seen other, other players on other teams having a little bit of problem with the ball movement as well. Uh, Carlson was having you know problems where the ball was drifting to the left but he was going the opposite way. So right for Moody, left for Carlson. Maybe there's a little bit of a breeze that's coming through and kind of pushing that ball more than they, they normally think. But if I was the 49ers and I had a clutch field goal that needed to be made, I want to be on the left hash mark. I think it means the dream's onto something. No, absolutely. And when you look at Jake Moody's stats in the regular season, I mean, he was, what, 21 of 25 on his field goal attempts, and he only missed one extra point. So, I mean, he's been pretty good. But, you know, will Shanahan trust him? You know, in those pressurized moments, uh, I think in the playoffs, I believe Moody is three or no one. Is he? I think he's one of four on field goals in the playoffs. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I don't know for sure, but I thought he was better than that. I know he hit a 52 yarder uh, yeah. last week, uh, but he did have a couple of misses. So, um, yeah, I mean, he hasn't been lights out. He's not Robbie Gold. Uh, right. But I mean, the fact that you have a situation in the second half or if you don't get any points, you're in trouble, and Kyle comes. Or Kyle says, "You know what? Jake Moody go kick a 52-yard field goal, and he smashes it through." Well, I mean, I think Kyle does have some confidence in him. Yeah, yeah. In the playoffs, Moody's three of five. 
So he's three of five kicking in the playoffs. So and then one of those was blocked. Right, and so, one of those was blocked. So and I don't know, like you said, I don't know. I I'm not an expert on kicking as well. I don't know if he kicked that too low or the defender just made a hell of a play on the ball. Because some you know, we see block kicks from time to time. It's it's not like you never see it. So Yeah, he oh. definitely kicked that one lower for sure. Yeah. Well at, quick question. What are your thoughts about the the turf? Uh, Lou had a comment here. People complaining about the turf on the field. Uh, I don't understand it. Uh, if you're the NFL, either you allow the Niners and Chiefs to both use the Raiders facility, they got like four fields, or you make them both use the college facility. I just, why can't one team come in the morning and other team come in the afternoon? Like, I just, I don't understand. Why are you giving an advantage to the Chiefs? Why aren't you making a, a level playing field? I, I don't understand that. It, it's interesting. I don't know what this field, you know, looked like per se, uh, but it sounds like the the grounds crew, as far as 49ers training staff and such, weren't very excited about this field uh, and what its grades were. Yeah, I mean, in a perfect situation, right, you could just work it out where Chiefs are there at one time, 49ers are there at the other. They probably could have staggered it to where yeah. Chiefs practice in the afternoon one day, 49ers in the morning, and so on. So, but these teams and their their players are creatures that have it. And Kyle Shannon likes to kind of mimic what time they're going to play with what time they practice. Uh, so that probably was something Andy Reid wanted to do too. I think this is a situation where the NFL messed up. Uh, since December, they knew what they were going to need, and they should have made sure they had two adequate fields. Uh, putting in sod last week is not the way to go about it. Maybe they thought it was going to work. It didn't. Uh, they should have contingency plans. I think Kyle and the 49ers are going to overlook this. They're not planning on going real hard at practice anyways. Uh, but I, I definitely think this is one of those things the NFL struggled with the last couple of years. Uh, last year it was the actual field the team was playing on, and now it's the 49ers practice field. They've got to get it together because the Super Bowl is not the time where you have these types of things happen. No, I completely agree. The, the NFL definitely messed up. It's just not fair. Um you know, is it a significant advantage? Probably not, but it's just it's just not fair. Yeah, it's not. It's it's frustrating. You know, you come into the situation, you're expecting everything to be top level. Right. Uh, and when you when you don't get top level, yeah, you're frustrated. It's like, why am I here? I could have been back at my site you know, practicing on a good a good field, and now I'm out here and I can't do the things I want. And heaven forbid, and you know, people are saying, Oh, it's just soft, you're gonna fall in, it's no problem, but your feet are going to give. Your ankle could twist. Your you could have right. a knee problem. Heaven forbid one of those players got hurt. That would yeah. be terrible. That would be catastrophic, man. Terrible. It would. It would. It would be terrible to lose a player at this point uh, and completely flip the game. You know, one way or the other. Uh, frustrating, that's for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, you have anything left to say before uh, we get out of here? Yeah. Hey, man, I, I appreciate you allowing me to be on your show tonight, man. Uh, huge kudos to you. And uh, thank you for allowing me to be in front of the 49ers Cutback community. Uh, appreciate it. We got to do this more often. Looking forward to next year. And uh, it's going to be going to be a hell of a game. Uh, quick question. What's your favorite food to eat on Super Bowl Sunday? Oh, see, this is where it gets interesting. Uh, <laughs> my my normal go-to is I do tacos for almost every game. It's kind of like my ritual. Uh, but, you know, this time I think I think we're mixing it up. I think we're going brats and we're going like stuff like that. Uh, so it'll be different. Usually it's some sort of pizza. Uh, so Super Bowl is usually a little bit different when it comes to food. 
Um, but I don't know. It's going to de- depend on how I feel. Uh, sometimes <laughs> when the game starts going, I'm not even hungry anymore. I'm right, just like, right. you're locked in. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> the usual suspects, wings, pizza, uh, stuff like that, I, I think those are always go-tos. Yeah, same here. P- pizza's a must every football game. Uh, it be no different this Sunday. Just a little bit more people and maybe a, a little bit more variety, but pizza's a staple for sure. Yeah, and uh, for sure, me and you, let's uh, let's do it more. Let's stay in contact. Uh, I always enjoy our conversations, and this was a this was a great one. I had a lot of fun. The good news yeah. is this is the biggest game of the year, <laughs> uh, and it, it's you know it, it's it's do or die. It's it's that moment you got to win six. Uh, so I, I'm I'm excited about this game and. Yeah, we'll we'll keep working together. I have a lot of fun when I work with you. Hey, the feel, feelings are mutual, man. Feelings are mutual. And Sunday, I wish we could. I wish the Niners and Chiefs could play tonight, man. I'm, you know, I, I, I Sunday can't come any sooner. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's getting to the point now where it's like, let's just get this thing let's rolling, just, right? Let's I mean, play the game. Yeah, let's just yeah, play. We're ready for it. Yeah, all, all the all the talk and stuff. Uh, of course. Come by the channel. I'm gonna have lots of content this week, everybody. So uh, still more content to get you ready for the game. And uh, Jay, of course, I'll catch you again. Uh, everyone, Absolutely. make sure you like and subscribe uh, to both channels, 40 Yards Cutback, uh, Jay in the Bay. Go check it out. Uh, and also, you know, check out his his stuff that he does, um, you know, straight out of the Bay. On Monday nights, True. they do a show, uh, you know, Baller and Kelts and Amin the Dream. Go check that out. Like and subscribe. Um, good guys doing good content. But I'll catch you guys in the next one. Until then, stay safe. Remember the right way is always the 49ers.